You're listening to Read With Me, a highly experimental new podcast exclusively for my Substack paid subscribers. Read With Me is going to be exactly what the title makes it sound like. It's a podcast in which we read documents together and glean meaning from them, figure out every last bit of content you can drag out of an official document. Sometimes we'll do it with friends who have particular expertise in the area the document concerns. Sometimes I will do it on my own. And today we are doing it on my own. The document in question is Merrick Garland's Order Number 5559-2022, appointment of John Smith as special counsel. As you undoubtedly know, the special counsel appointment took place yesterday, that is Friday, November 18th, 2022. It came as a bit of a surprise. The document in question is about a page and a half long, but don't let it fool you. It contains a lot in that space, and we're going to go through it line by line. So, the first line reads, By virtue of the authority vested in the Attorney General, including 28 U.S.C. 509, 510, 515, and 533, in order to discharge my responsibility to provide supervision and management of the Department of Justice and to ensure a full and thorough investigation of certain matters, I hereby order as follows. Now, there are four statutes cited in this sentence. As with a lot of these orders, it begins by citing the statutory or other authority to issue the order in the first place. So let's take a look at these four statutes and uh, see what authorities they give to the Attorney General. And as always, Uh, on Read With Me, there will be links to everything cited, all the primary source material cited in the show notes, so you can follow along if you want. So, the first of the four statutes is uh, 28 U.S.C. 509, and it reads, all functions of other officers of the Department of Justice and all functions of agencies and employees of the Department of Justice are vested in the Attorney General. Uh, There's a a few exceptions to that, which the statute specifies, but this statute basically stands for the idea that if anybody in the Justice Department has the authority to do something, then the Attorney General has the authority to do it, uh, because the Attorney General is the supervisor of the department. So think of this as a general authority, in this case, to take away the authority of the prosecutors who are currently leading the investigation. Okay, 510, 28 U.S.C. 510 reads, The Attorney General may from time to time make such provisions as he considers appropriate, authorizing the performance by any other officer, employee, or agency of the Department of Justice of any function of the Attorney General. So this is essentially the authority to delegate the Attorney General's authority. So, you know, the previous passage says any any power that anybody in the Attorney General's 
purview has is is exercising the attorney general's power. And this one says, and he can delegate any of his power to anybody he wants. This brings us to section 28 USC 515, which is a little bit longer. I mean, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says the attorney general or any other officer of the Department of Justice may, when specifically directed by the attorney general, conduct any kind of legal proceedings, civil or criminal, including grand jury proceedings. Point number one. And point number two, this is the really important point for present purposes, each attorney specially retained under authority of the Department of Justice shall be commissioned as special assistant to the attorney general or special attorney and shall take the oath required by law. So the uh, point here is that the attorney general can authorize any officer of the Department of Justice to handle a matter and can also specifically retain an individual to do a job. So you can see the various components of, of this order now coming into place. He has, he has the authority to take to himself any authority that is going on in the Justice Department. He has the authority to delegate and he has the authority to bring in outsiders. And then uh, 28 U.S.C. 533, here is the coup de grace. The attorney general may appoint officials to detect and prosecute crimes against the United States and to conduct such other investigations regarding official matters under the control of the Department of Justice and the Department of State as may be directed by the attorney general. In other words, the attorney general has a general authority to appoint officials to conduct investigations and prosecute crimes. So if you think the purpose of this order is to appoint John Smith as special counsel and to assign him a group of investigations, you can see where all of the components of that authority come from in those four statutes. Okay. Now, uh, let's go to the next line of the order A. Uh, remember, the last line of, was previously, I hereby order as follows. A, John L. Smith is appointed to serve as special counsel for the United States Department of Justice. So here is simply the appointment of the official as special counsel. Now, uh, it is important to understand that the words special counsel, which are here capitalized, special S and C are both capitalized. This is a term of art in the Justice Department language, and it is a term of art that is specifically refers to a set of federal regulations uh, that begin at uh, 600, 28 CFR 600, uh, that govern the appointment and conduct of special counsels. So when they say special counsel here, they are now invoking a term of art under uh, federal regulations that were promulgated back under Janet Reno. Okay. Now, one of the things that the, if you think about these statutes, as well as uh, the special counsel regs, which we'll come to in a moment, 
Uh, they authorize the attorney general to, to appoint a special counsel, but also to take certain matters and give them to him to investigate. So that is what we are dealing with in this paragraph. And the special counsel regs, as we will see, flesh this authority out in some detail. All right, so this is the meat of the order. It is the jurisdictional grant to the special counsel, the, the, or, the part of the order that specifies what he is allowed to do. So let's go through it sentence by sentence. The special counsel is authorized to conduct the ongoing investigation into whether any person or entity violated the law in connection with efforts to interfere with the lawful transfer of power following the 2020 presidential election or the certification of the Electoral College vote held on or about January 6, 2021, as well as any matters that arose or might arise directly from this investigation or that are within the scope of 28 CFR section 600.4a. Okay, so that's a bit of a mouthful. Let's break it down. So first, the special counsel is authorized to conduct the ongoing investigation. Let's focus on uh, the fact that the attorney general now, in a formal document, says that there is an ongoing investigation, right? So this is no longer we're investigating January 6th and the riot. It is saying there is an ongoing investigation into whether any person or entity violated the law. So any person or entity includes the former president. And in fact, if you think about Merrick Garland's speech yesterday, uh, where he said specifically that the reason for the appointment of the special counsel was that it was an extraordinary circumstance to be investigating the former president when he is running for president against the incumbent president who is also running. That's the reason we got this. This is a pretty clear confirmation that Donald Trump personally is under investigation for uh, his conduct in connection with January 6th, because otherwise that extraordinary circumstance that led to this document wouldn't exist at all. So whether any person or entity, i.e. Donald Trump and others, violated the law in connection with efforts to interfere with the lawful transfer of power following the 2020 presidential election or the certification of the electoral vote held on or about January 6th, 2021. So notice here the parameters of the jurisdictional grant. It covers any violation of the law in efforts to interfere with the lawful transfer of power or the certification of the Electoral College vote on January 6th. That seems to confirm, at least as I read it, that there is an ongoing criminal investigation of whether Donald Trump both sought to interfere with the lawful transfer of power following the 2020 presidential election and sought to interfere with the certification of the Electoral College vote on January 6th, 2021. 
You have to read a little bit between the lines to tease that out, but I think it's actually very clear when you read it carefully. Now, here is another important component of this sentence. As well as any matters that arose or might arise directly from this investigation or that are within the scope of 28 CFR 600.4a. So, I know exactly what you're thinking. What is 28 CFR 600.4a? And the answer to that question is that, as I mentioned before, the special counsel regs are codified in this particular portion of the Code of Federal Regulations. So let's look specifically at 604A. So 600.4 is the general grant of jurisdiction of the special counsel. 600.4 subsection A is called original jurisdiction, and it reads as follows. The jurisdiction of a special counsel shall be established by the attorney general. So that's what that paragraph did. It basically implements 600.4. The special counsel will be provided with a specific factual statement of the matter to be investigated. We just read that. The jurisdiction of a special counsel, and here's the critical language, shall also include the authority to investigate and prosecute federal crimes committed in the course of and with intent to interfere with the special counsel's investigation, such as perjury, obstruction of justice, destruction of evidence, and intimidation of witnesses. So, what Garland is saying here is that not only does the special counsel have the authority to investigate whether any person or entity violated laws in connection with the post-2020 election activity and the certification of the electoral vote, but that he has specific authority to investigate matters of obstruction of the investigation of those things. So this is important because process crimes associated with investigations are actually often the thing that uh, trip people up. Remember uh, the famous adage, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. Here it is, the crime uh, is very, very serious, but uh, there is also the cover-up, uh, assuming that there is evidence of criminal activity. In that regard, John Smith or Jack Smith, as he is known, will have authority to look at it. Okay, so here is a further, the next sentence is a further bit of evidence that this first section is really all about Trump and the political echelon. It reads, this authorization does not apply to prosecutions that are currently pending in the District of Columbia as well as future investigations and prosecutions of individuals for offenses they committed while physically present on the Capitol grounds on January 6, 2021. In other words, there are 900 cases that are currently pending that don't involve Donald Trump. They involve, you know, rioters or oath keepers or proud boys people who were somehow involved in the physical violence that took place on January 6th. Note the language here, physically present on the Capitol grounds. 
Uh, those investigations and prosecutions remain under the authority of the United States Attorney for the District of Columbia, the order reads. So the point is, we're excluding all the rioter prosecutions. We're excluding all the conspiracy to break into the Capitol and stop Nancy Pelosi, you know, or hang Mike Pence or whatever. We're focused here only on efforts to interfere with the lawful transfer of power or the certification of electoral vote that does not involve people currently prosecuted on, uh, who were physically present on the Capitol grounds. Um, okay, so the line between these two groups is potentially fuzzy. The, the, the special counsel order is clearly designed here to be focused on the political echelon, Trump and the people immediately around him. The uh, U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia is going to retain jurisdiction over all the current cases and, again, the language of the order, as well as future investigations and prosecutions of individuals for offenses they committed while physically present on the Capitol grounds. So, there's a pretty clear conceptual delineation of authority, um, but Merrick Garland and his staff are very smart lawyers, and they know this is going to get fuzzy. The next sentence here is an acknowledgement of that and an effort to uh, allow themselves some leeway to make subsequent judgments. It reads, further delineation of the authorizations between the special counsel and the United States attorney for the District of Columbia will be provided as necessary and appropriate. So read that sentence as saying, I, I know the distinction between these two may get fuzzy. Come to me if you have any questions about who has control over what. So remember, the Attorney General is stepping out of uh, this investigation, but he retains jurisdictional management over who has authority over what. Okay, so that is the end of the first half of the jurisdictional mandate, but there's a second half. This is paragraph C now, and it reads, the special counsel is further authorized to conduct the ongoing investigation referenced and described in the United States' response to motion for judicial oversight and additional relief in Donald J. Trump v. United States, number 922CV81294, AMC, Southern District of Florida, August 30th, 2022, as well as any matters that arose or may arise directly from this investigation or that are within the scope of 28 CFR 600.4A. Okay, that sounds really intimidating, but it's actually really simple. Uh, it's actually a simpler grant of authority than the other. The mouthful in the middle of that, described in the United States' response to motion for judicial oversight and additional relief, yada, 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 all that is is a reference to a document filed in court in which the Justice Department described the Mar-a-Lago investigation. So what is this jurisdictional grant? I'm just going to reread this paragraph with a few phrases translated into simple English, and this whole thing will become clear. The special counsel is further authorized to conduct the ongoing investigation in the Mar-a-Lago case, 
as well as any matters that arose or may arise directly from this investigation or that are within the scope of 28 CFR 600.4a. Now, remember, we've already talked about 600.4a, and uh, this is a very important authority in the context of Mar-a-Lago. This is the authority that allows the special counsel prosecutorial jurisdiction over efforts to interfere with his own investigation. And we know that some of the things that are currently under investigation in the Mar-a-Lago case are, in fact, lies and effort to obstruct the Mar-a-Lago investigation. So the 600.4a jurisdictional components here, the, the process crimes, uh, are critical to the investigation. Okay, so we have two jurisdictional grants to John Smith from the Attorney General here in paragraphs B and C. And then there is paragraph D. The special counsel is authorized to prosecute federal crimes arising from the investigation of these matters. So paragraphs B and C are the authorization for the special counsel to take over the investigation, right? And paragraph D is the authorization to prosecute any federal crimes that may result from those investigations. Uh, D goes on to say the special counsel is also authorized to refer to the appropriate United States attorney discrete prosecutions that may arise from the special counsel's investigation. And then paragraph E, which is the shortest paragraph, but it actually contains the most substantive content, is section 600.4 to 600.10 of Title 28 of the Code of Federal Regulations are applicable to the special counsel. Okay, so Merrick Garland is here saying, by the way, if you want to know what the special counsel can do, look at the Code of Federal Regulations, specifically 600.4 through 600.10 of Title 28. So the last thing we are going to do in this is take a brief scan of those provisions. Okay, 600.4, as we just talked about, uh, provides for the original jurisdiction of the special counsel. It also uh, gives uh, some other jurisdictional uh, authorities. For example, Section B allows uh, him to come back to the attorney general and ask for additional grants of jurisdiction. Uh, uh, and there are a couple of other less important components 600.5 allows the uh, special counsel to staff his investigation. Uh, Merrick Garland said yesterday that he would give whatever resources the special counsel needs. 600.6 delineates the powers and authority of the special counsel. It is exceptionally broad. I'm just going to read it in its entirety because it's actually a powerful little, little paragraph. Subject to the limitations in the following paragraphs, the special counsel shall exercise within the scope of his or her jurisdiction, and remember that jurisdiction is articulated by the attorney general in that grant of authority, the full power and independent authority to exercise all investigative and prosecutorial functions of any United States attorney, except as provided in this part, the special counsel shall determine whether and to what extent 
to inform or consult with the attorney general or others within the department about the conduct of his or her duties and responsibilities. So this basically says, you know, within the matters in your jurisdiction, Jack Smith, you have the power of all United States attorneys, and you get to decide uh, whether and to what extent to inform or consult with the attorney general about what you're doing. So this means Merrick Garland is really turning over the authority to make the Trump decisions to this guy, Jack Smith. The next section is 600.7. These delineate the exceptions to that. He is required to comply with the rules and regulations of the uh, Department of Justice, the policies and procedures. He's required to consult with the department about those practices and procedures. Um, And there are a limited set of what the regs call extraordinary circumstances where he may consider it inappropriate. And in those situations, he is required to consult with the attorney general. Uh, Section B is a really important section here. He shall not be subject to the day-to-day supervision of any official of the department. However, the attorney general may request that the special counsel provide an explanation for any investigative or prosecutorial step and may, after review, conclude that the action is so inappropriate or unwarranted under established departmental practices that it should not be pursued. Uh, In conducting that review, the attorney general will give great weight to the views of the special counsel, and if the attorney general concludes that a proposed action by a special counsel should not be pursued, he has to notify Congress. This is really the guarantee of independence for the special counsel. He's outside the supervision of the Department of Justice. He can be called upon by the attorney general to explain a decision, and the attorney general, after giving great weight to his views, might decide to countermand that. But if he does that, he's got to you know, write a report to Congress. The special counsel and his staff are subject to misconduct disciplinary actions, and he can be removed under subsection D uh, only by the personal action of the attorney general and only for, quote, misconduct, dereliction of duty, incapacity, conflict of interest, or other good cause, including violation of departmental policies. Um, And if he's removed, he gets a letter in writing explaining that. So this is, if you put all this together, it is a remarkable grant of independence. The attorney general has to be very aggressive, having appointed Jack Smith, had to prevent him from doing what he wants. Okay, there is a set of reporting requirements related to budget and uh, notification of significant events. The special counsel shall notify the attorney general of events in the course of his or her investigation in conformity with departmental guidelines. And most importantly, at the conclusion of the special counsel's work, the subsection C reads, he shall provide the attorney general with a confidential report explaining the prosecution or declination decisions reached by the special counsel. So if you think about the Mueller report, that is the uh, basis for the Mueller report. 
Okay, the Attorney General also has uh, notifications and reports. He's required to notify Congress if he removes the special counsel, if he countermands any of the special counsel uh, uh, decisions, and he gets to determine whether that report is, that final report is released. Uh, so think again about the Mueller investigation. Mueller wrote the report, but it was up to Attorney General Bill Barr to release the Mueller report. And then finally, uh, section uh, 600.10 is the obligatory uh, boilerplate language that said the regulations don't create any rights for anybody else. They're an internal administration of the Justice Department. So that is the regulatory and uh, legal framework under which Jack Smith will be operating, uh, as well as the specific grant of authority that Merrick Garland gave him. It is a very consequential order. Uh, Jack Smith, under this regime, is now the principal decider as well as the principal investigator in whether Donald Trump will or will not face charges, both in the Mar-a-Lago investigation and in the January 6th investigation. Thank you for joining. If you enjoyed this episode, uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of these documents, legal documents, poems, budget materials, whatever news stories, how news stories are sourced, Whenever I see something that I want to read out loud and analyze out loud, I'm going to do exactly this. Uh, so uh, tell your friends, share this. We're going to make this one uh, public. This is the only example of Read With Me that is ever going to be available to uh, non-subscribe, non-paying subscribers. So sign up and uh, we will see you next time.